chapter 4, and uh, we're going to read. I want to talk about five biblical prayers tonight. Amen? We're going to talk about prayer. Five biblical prayers. Now, I thought this was really interesting. How many know that God hears our prayers? And, and he wants to answer. He's eager to answer our prayers. Saw some people um, talking about 1 John 4, 54, 15, 14 and 15, where it talks about anything we ask in his, his name, he'll do it if it's according to his will. How many in here tonight get annoyed, if you're like me, have a problem getting annoyed with all the cell phone calls from numbers that you don't recognize? Does that drive anybody else nuts? And it's just constant, 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 and finally, you know, you get to a place you just say, let the let the voice. If it's if it's for me, they'll leave a voicemail. And and when I do get a voicemail, it's some computer. So I started blocking them. Every time they call, I go to my phone. There's a way you can block them. And sometimes, it, most of the time, it works. So I finally got real frustrated because I mean, one day I think I had like 15 calls. It was ridiculous. One day. And so I just, I just Googled, my friend Google. I said, Google, is, you know, tell me if there's some kind of call number I can call to block all these numbers. And I had heard someone mention that there was. So a number came up, and I called it. And it, it's, I don't know what I did. I put some things in, and it said, okay, it'll be blocked. And, but you've got to give it 31 days. And then, and then it'll, they'll stop. And I guess there's even a lawsuit going on right now against um, these companies and everything to stop it. So my dad got a call while he was in the office when he got here. And I said, let's call it right now. I'm just, just, let's just, he hadn't done it yet. I said, let's call it right now. And so we called. And I want to tell you something that when we call on God, he answers and he's not like the government. Listen to what the call says when we called just now before service. Again. Here we go. Welcome to the National Do Not Call Registry. Due to the government shutdown, we are unable to offer this telephone service at this time. We will resume normal operations when the government is funded. How many are thankful that God's not up there saying, I'm busy right now, and due to the lack of this or the lack of that, I can't answer the phone right now? Amen. The devil tried to shut it up, amen, but... He's due to the government shutdown right now. We can't block those numbers. Once we're funded, we will. How many know God has no limit of supply tonight? Amen. How many are thankful for that? No limit of supply. So I want to give you five biblical prayers. Uh, I, I would be surprised tonight. And again, we don't, we're not asking what you're doing, how you're fasting, and how you're being involved in this. But I can tell you tonight without a doubt, and I've been saying this, that if you're fasting in any way, Let's say if you went to the prayer room tonight or you prayed today sometime during the day. I, I do want to see your hand on this. If, you, if this is you, how many can just tell the difference when you pray during a fast? How many can just sense that in your spirit? There's, there's, it's just like a, a more sensitive, more, more it's, 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 it's hard to explain what it is, but it's, it's real. It really is real. And it doesn't mean that, as like I said before, that God listens more or loves us more because we do this, but it is a supernatural weapon. And it, and it causes God's attention to come down and say, man, these people are serious about praying and, and they're, they're doing something about it. And so 
I want you to continue to get excited about that. Like, I feel like we always, I always feel the presence of God when I go to the prayer room. But every time we're in that fast, tonight when I got this, it's like, it's just like almost a direct line, like more direct. Like, maybe you get a call in and you can kind of hear good, but how many know when it's real clear, it feels like you're just right there. And when you're fasting and you're praying, that connection is just better to God. Amen? And so tonight, and I'm going to continue to do this uh, over the next three weeks, be preaching, especially on Wednesday nights. Message is just about prayer so we can stay in this attitude. Because remember, we're sowing seeds right now for the rest of the year. We're, we're doing things that, that we're, and, and, I, and I've said this before too, and I want to re- reiterate this. We, we will see things happen right now. We will see, as we just heard that testimony, we'll see testimonies, we'll hear testimonies, but, but remember that the Bible shows us that there's an enemy that's trying to fight the prayers, and sometimes they can be held for 21 days. That the enemy with Daniel said, I've, I've held, I heard your prayer the first time, God said, the first day you prayed, but the prince of Persia was holding back for 21 days. The, the, and so there was a battle in, in heaven for that prayer to be answered, not heard. He hears the prayer immediately, but how many know we have a real enemy? There's a real devil that's fighting us. And so I want you to understand that, that February and March and April and all year long, we're going to see the fruits of this just like we did last year. All the things that God did last year are fruit of our prayer lives. And so number one, I want to talk about 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verse 10, the prayer of Jabez. If you're writing down notes on five prayers, five types of prayers, five different people in the Bible, prayer of Jabez. First Chronicles 4. Now, this is a good one because how many want to see God do greater things in your life this year? How many want to see what, what the Bible will say here in this verse? See your territory enlarged, meaning that you're, you're, you're making a greater impact. I mean, we would be foolish to say, you know what, I've, I've, I'm good. I, I don't want to do anything great. I, I, whatever I'm able to do, I want it to be greater this year. And this is a prayer that is so interesting because a whole book was written about it and it became a bestseller. And it's really amazing because it's just one small verse. It's the only time in the Bible that this is mentioned in this one verse. But look what it says, because Jabez was a just man who had God's heart. We want God to do great things. We do everything we can to line up our heart with his. And it says right here in this verse, let's read it. And Jabez called on the God of Israel saying, oh, that you would bless me indeed. Now, sometimes we might feel bad when we say, God, bless me. That's not a bad prayer. But we do understand the Bible says that he'll bless us as our soul prospers. He says, I want you to prosper in all things, but I'm going to bless you as your soul prospers. So we can ask for a blessing, but we have to let our heart line up to that. So he says that you would bless me indeed. Now, look at this, and enlarge my territory. Whatever, that, that could be enlarging your, your, your bank account. That could be enlarging your, your impact. That could be enlar- enlarging your relationship with your family. Whatever it is, it, hopefully it's not enlarging our belly. Amen? That's the only thing we don't want to enlarge, unless the woman's pregnant, and that's good enlargement. That your hand would be with me. This is a good prayer. Five model prayers I'm going to give you tonight. How do I pray? What do I say? We're always asking those questions. Well, I've been, I'm going to show you. That your hand would be with me. This is a good one. That you'd keep me from evil. That you'd keep me from evil. And this is a real good one. That I may not cause pain. So God granted him what he requested. 
So number one, this is a model prayer, five prayers tonight, a great model prayer. I, those are some things, I mean, I, we could literally just spend the whole night on this and just stop and, and, and we need to, that's why we take these notes and we go maybe this week and read it again and, and when you're praying and you're fasting and you're reading the word, you know, I don't know what to read. Well, every Sunday and every Wednesday, we give you all kinds of verses to read, right? Sometimes you might, what do I read? Getting all kinds of verses, and we don't ever preach a message without giving you verses. Go back and read those things again. Read this prayer this week. Read this prayer this year. There's some great things in here that you would bless me, enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me, that you'd keep me from evil, and that I would not cause pain. Amen? So God granted him what he requested. Number two, I'm going to kind of run through these quickly. This is obviously, to me, in my opinion, the best one because this is our Lord and Savior. Not that the other ones aren't good, but you can't beat the Master. Amen? Although this is all his word, this is straight from Jesus. This is the Lord's Prayer. We mentioned this on Sunday, Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 to 13. Matthew chapter 6. Verse 9 to 13. So this is a model prayer. The first one was the one about enlarging your territory, and this is a model prayer. There's some attitudes in here. How many know Sunday I talked about attitudes in prayer? And just to reiterate that in case you weren't here or forgot, see if you can kind of remember with me. I'm not going to quiz you, but the first one was praise and thanksgiving. We have an attitude of praise and thanksgiving. The second one was that we would confess our sins. And the next one was that we would make a petition, that we would request, that we would ask God what what it is we need. The fourth one is that we would intercede, that we would begin to think about other people and pray for other people. Amen. Anybody know the fifth one without me saying it, without looking at your notes? Huh? No, that's the one I just said. That was four. Fifth one, reflection. Amen. Amen. So that we, we, we now, now God talks to us. We think about it. We think back and reflect on these things. So here's the Lord's Prayer, number two. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. You know, this is one thing that I used to hear that and. What is that? What is that? It's real simple to understand that we live in a totally different day and we live in a totally different nation than the rest of the world. You know, I was talking to a guy today at, 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 a, at a car shop and he was telling me that his truck was getting fixed and he uses it to go fish. And I said, I got a brother-in-law in Costa Rica that likes to fish and he has his truck to go fish. I said, I, I wish I liked to fish. I wish I did. I wish I liked it. My grandpa used to try to take me when I was younger, and I, and, I, and I came to the realization that I wasn't very good at it, and I wasn't patient enough for it, and I thought to myself, if they call it caught, caught, catching, I might be more interested. But the fishing parts what kind of bores me. I mean, if, you, if I always caught, I probably would have liked it better, so I wasn't very good at it. But he was, he was a fisherman, and he liked to fish, but he said this. I, he, said, he said, I've always fished, but he said, you know, he was an older guy. I think he was about 79 he said, back in my day, we used to fish to eat. You know, today, a lot of people go fish because they like to fish, and then they'll eat what they catch. But back in the day, people would fish to eat. And what I mean by this is that we live in a nation now that most of us know what we're going to eat tomorrow. Not maybe specifically what, but you have food. Most of us know that next week we'll have food. But how many know what he's saying here is there, is there was a time and a place, and this is like, it's like this in many places in the world, 
where every morning when they wake up, they say, Lord, I need you to provide today. How many, how many are seeing that? I, that just to show us how blessed we are. Because that kind of doesn't mean so much for us because we're, we're so blessed by God in this nation that we don't have to think about that, that so much. But he says, give us this day our daily bread. But there's a great attitude in this prayer because how many know if we would just wake up every and take one day at a time, we'd be happier. Amen? Did y'all catch that? If we just take one day at a time and put more emphasis on that one day, making a difference in somebody's life. I did this funeral on Sunday, and I wanted to give a quick report on it. You know, you dread funerals anyways. Uh, even if it's somebody who, like my Uncle Bob, I mean, just just shot heaven wide open and was just an amazing man, and, 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 and it was a celebration, and we're so glad he wasn't in pain anymore. Funerals are not fun. But it's really tough to do a funeral for somebody you don't know. And this is the second time in about three months that I've done a funeral for somebody that I did not know. And it's not fun. I dreaded it. I wasn't looking forward to it. And uh, I, so I, 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 but I prayed. I said, God, help me. So I got there, and it was better than I thought, thank God. Um, I got there and, and had to walk into a room that's probably the size of our fellowship hall, half of it and then half the width. And, and it, but it was pretty packed. And this lady, if you didn't hear, had gotten hit by a train. She was a homeless woman in her 50s, I believe. And uh, if I did the math right, maybe close to 60. Got hit by a train and uh, died. And so I, 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 the, the funeral guy comes over and tells me, you know, we're, here's what we're going to do. And he gives me the program. And I, I don't know what happened if the program was set for some. I saw someone else's name, pastor. It wasn't mine. I was filling in for somebody. I don't know what the circumstances was. But there were songs, and there was this, and there was that. And I said, so who's singing? Nope, no, there ain't nobody here to sing. Well, who's doing this? Nope, nobody's here to do that. So, I, oh, 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 okay, so I'm doing it all. Yes, sir, you're doing it all. Whatever, whatever you want to do, you do. I mean, I had no direction at all. And so I got out there and walked into this room of 100 people that I've never seen with a casket over here of a woman I've never met. And all of a sudden, I got, I'm, t I'm taking it one moment at a time, amen? What am I going to say? And I just say, you know what? I don't know this lady, but I'm here to comfort you. And thank God, I began to tell what the Holy Spirit put on my heart and read some verses, and I got a few amens back there. They were amen and better than you, by the way, just so you know, even though it was at a funeral. I, didn't, I wasn't planning on saying that, I promise. But I'm going to remember that. Don't let the funeral people beat you, Amen. But they said a few amens. I could tell there were some believers there, and it kind of lightened it up a little bit. And then I began to talk, and I saw some heads nodding, and it gave me some, some energy, amen, to try to minister to these people. And then I, I had them uh, come up and say some things, and that helped. I didn't know who the woman was, and so that filled some good time. Four or five people came up, and they, so there, one came from the ministry. It must have been some ministry that would go out and feed them and feed the homeless and and then another one was, you could tell they were a homeless person, but, you know, dressed in the best they had. And then it seemed like there were some business people there. But one of the things that really impacted me was when I went into that room and that, the funeral director uh, came to talk to me and brought me some water and stuff. He said, he said you know, we, we, this woman didn't have anything. She was homeless, but we believe that she deserves a proper burial. And it was People's um, Funeral Home over by the MLK. And... Uh, they, they, I don't know if someone paid or how it worked, but they offered to let them use the place. And it was one of the nicest caskets I've ever seen. 
I don't know where, I don't know if the funeral home gave it to her, but it was just neat that for them to say, this woman deserves a proper burial. And they had the paper written out and all that. But I'm saying all this because as people began to come up, this homeless woman that didn't have anything, she made an impact on people. I stood out in the hall where no one could see me, and I was just listening to these people talk, and they said, man, when she'd come to get food, she was so thoughtful, and she was always so happy, and she was telling, you know, ministering to other people, and, and she'd always ask for two or three more meals so that she could give it to someone else that wasn't there. And I mean, you could just tell this woman made an impact living in the streets. I don't know her situation. I don't know her background, although I do know that uh, Marissa here went to school with her daughter. And she came up and said, I'm Marissa's friend, and she told me you are going to do the funeral. So that kind of helped me a little bit for the funeral. Amen. But I, the, the husband was an ex-husband, and I, I guess the story says they were going to get back together and get remarried. And then she ended up dying. But all these people were saying these nice things about her. And I got done, and I said, you know what? At a funeral, we can learn from some, some people. We can learn something. I said, don't wait till someone's dead to give them flowers. Amen. Don't wait till someone's dead to tell them you love them. Every single day, that woman living a homeless life was making an impact on people. And so we need to wake up every day and say, Lord, give me today. It's not just the provision. Give me the opportunity today to make a difference in somebody's life. Amen. Give me a better amen, please, so I can move on. Come on. This isn't a funeral. There's no dead body in here. Amen. Jesus is alive. Then he says, forgive us of our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Great model prayer. Amen. This is another, this is Jesus' words. And again, this is, I said this Sunday, it's not for us to, to repeat this. When I played basketball in Costa Rica before every game, they would do the Padre Nuestro real fast. Fast. I mean, they were, I, and, and that was their prayer. And after a while, I said, guys, can I pray instead? And I would pray a prayer from my heart. Because they, they knew they needed to pray. But that's the only prayer they knew, prayer they knew. Amen? And so it's a model prayer, but it's not something we just say to say it, but it gives us some, some ways to pray. How many are following me tonight? These are prayers that, that were, they're model prayers. They're types of prayers. And all these people, Jesus was going through, through his life when he did this. Jabez was going through his life when he said that prayer. And number three, many of you know this story. This is Jonah's prayer for salvation. Number three, Jonah's prayer for salvation. And we're going to look at the book of Jonah, chapter 2. Book of Jonah, chapter 2, verse 2 through 9. This is another great model prayer. This is a prayer of salvation for Jonah's life because we know the story. We know that he got swallowed by a fish, could have died in there. But how many know that he didn't get swallowed by a fish because the fish was hungry? He got swallowed by a fish because God had to get his attention. Amen. I would much rather learn from the Lord speaking to me directly than having to go into the, to the whale's belly. Can I get an amen there? That, it, it's so much better to learn before we go into the Jonah's, Jonah's whale, stomach of the whale. But this prayer here, is Jonah 
repenting for not going and preaching the gospel. And so it's one of salvation, and it's a cry for help. Maybe you're in distress tonight of some situation, physical, marital, spiritual, financial, mental, then this could be a good prayer for you. Regardless of the reason, we know the reason he was there because he didn't listen, but regardless of what you're dealing with, let's look at what verse 2 says. In my distress, I called on my friend. Is that what it says? In my distress, I called on the bottle. In my distress, I called on the pills. Amen. In my distress, I called on the Lord. No bottles and no pills. We're going to get him out of that stomach. Amen. He needed the Lord. And he answered me. And from deep in the realm of the, of the dead, I called for help. And you listened to my cry. You know, you can get to a place in your life sometime where you feel like you're dead. You feel like it's over. And, and most of us really haven't ever been to that place, really, where we're really about to die, but sometimes we feel like it, right? We, we, we convince ourselves, I'm going to die. I'm not going to make it. Amen? And so he says, you hurled me into the depths in the very heart of the seas, and the currents swirled about me. All your waves and breaker swept over me. And I said, I have been banished from your sight. Now, how, how many have ever felt like you did something so wrong or so bad that it, they don't have to raise your hand, but you felt like, man, God's not going to forgive me for this. I have missed. I've messed up too bad. I've gone too far. I've made too much of a mistake. How many know when Jonah was in that? See, we're not, we're not in a physical whale tonight or a physical ocean, but spiritually we can get there. And we can feel like that water's all around us, and we don't know if we're going to come up for air, and we don't know if we're going to make it. We're in a bad situation. Life is killing us. Situations are killing us. Fear is killing us. Doubt is killing us. He's in a moment of distress in this ocean. They have thrown him, if you don't know the story, they have thrown him off the boat. And he's in the ocean. And it's a storm. It's torment. It's, he doesn't know what's going to happen. And this is an interesting thing because sometimes when God's working on us, we don't understand what he's doing. And sometimes we can be saved by a situation that doesn't look good. Right? He's in the ocean, and he needs to be saved. And you think God would have sent him a helicopter or a boat or something like that. But he didn't. He sent him something that he could reflect on. And watch as he continues to, to read. We continue to read here. He says, let me read that last part. I have been banished from your sight. Watch this. Yet I will look again toward your holy temple. My, we, what we talk about on Sunday morning, focusing our eyes on Jesus. What's your focus on tonight? Who is your focus on tonight? He says, the engulfing waters threaten me. The deep surrounded me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. He's choking in seaweed. To the roots of the mountains I sank down. To the earth beneath me barred me in forever. Watch this. But Lord, you, Lord, my God, brought my life up from the pit. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord, and my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. 
Do you notice that this man is saying a prayer in the midst of the worst problem he's ever been in his life? He is praying. He is crying out to God. Those who, watch this, those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them. How many people tonight around the world are turning to the bottle, turning to pills, turning to relationships, turning to all kinds of things that are not going to give them the answer? Right? We, we are so blessed in here tonight to know the answer and to know who we should call on and to know who our source is. He's saying this, in the midst of the belly, those who cling to worthless idols will turn away from God's love for them. Watch this. But I, with shouts of joyful praise, sorry, grateful praise, will sacrifice to you. How can you praise God in the belly of a whale? Because he has the right attitude. Because he realizes there's nobody else can get him out. Amen. Now, there's something to think about here, though, and this is what I'm trying to teach us is, why don't we learn before we go in the whale? It's better. It's better. It's better to, it's better to be able to say, Lord, I feel like I'm about to go in the water, and I feel like I might be swallowed by a whale. Let's talk. Oh, Lord, let's talk, please. I really don't want to go in there. Amen. I really don't want to go through this. I, instead of just waiting till I'm in there. How many people tonight are in prison in jail doing jailhouse religion? Right? How many people? Oh, God, if you'll get me out of here, I promise you I will change. I will go to church. I will preach. I will do this and I will do that. Empty prayers. And they might mean it at that moment. But how many know a lot of them get out and they don't do what's right? They go back to the same ways because that prayer didn't mean nothing. But, man, church, if we get to a place where we say, Lord, I feel like, I'm, like, you're, like you're dealing with me here, show me what I need to do. And he says, with shouts of grateful praise, I'll sacrifice what I have vowed I will make good. See, he says, what I vowed I'll make good, I will say salvation comes from the Lord. So, so in this prayer, what we don't see here in the Bible is him saying, Lord, I'm sorry for not going. I'm, I'm going to go. And how many know when he came out of that whale's belly, he went. And revival came to Nineveh. He went back and preached. But he didn't want to preach to them the first time because they, God said, I want you to go to Nineveh. He said, I don't like those people. I don't want those people to be saved. Amen. How many know God will have you reach out to people you don't like and people you don't want to be saved? And actually, if, I'm going to tell you, if you don't want people to be saved, your heart's wrong anyways. If you're in a place where you say, I don't want those people to be saved, I mean, as bad as it is, you should want them saved, right? And so he, sa so he says, I I'm, I'm going to go, Lord, and he went. Number four, here's another good prayer. David's prayer for deliverance. Now, David wrote the Psalms. There's 150-something Psalms in the Bible. How many like the Psalms? Psalms are awesome. Amen great person. David, David went through it all. He had a lot of wisdom. Psalm chapter 3. Many psalms could be chosen. Here's a good one, and it's kind of short. And this is a prayer tonight for deliverance. Kind of similar to Jonah's. For rescue. When we're on this fast and we're praying, we should be saying, Lord, show me the things I need to be delivered from. 
Show me the attitudes I need to be delivered from. Show me the anger, maybe, the unfree. I don't know. There's a thousand things that you could have. Show me the, 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 the jealousy. Show me whatever. Everybody's got things that cling, want to cling on to us, and we got to continue to push them off and say, Lord, help my heart be right, and don't let me get to that place. But sometimes things attach to us. Sometimes things do grab on to us. And, and I've been listening to some of Pastor Jones' messages over, over Christmas time, and he's been ministering a lot on, on, on spiritual warfare and, and demons and how a lot of times the, it's not to excuse what somebody's doing, but the addictions maybe they have in their lives is that demons have attached to their lives, and they cannot get free from those things if they don't get delivered. It's a demonic spirit that's fighting them and battling them. It, it's someone who says, I, I want to stop taking drugs but can't. Amen. Jesse, when you got delivered from that meth, it was, there was demons in your life that got to get taken out of your life. If you, Laura, when you were drinking that alcohol, all the people in you had a, had a bondage to anything. If there's people in here that were bound to pornography or bound to lust or whatever, those are spirits that want to cling on to your life. They don't want to let go because they're, they're playing for keeps. Those demons are already defeated. I mean, already lost. They can't be saved. There'll be no salvation for demons. They're lost, and they're going to take everybody with them that they can. So we got to understand those demon forces are, are strong and they're spirits. And so David shows us in this prayer that that enemy can get a, get a hold of us, and we have to cry out to God. And here we look at Psalms chapter 3, verse 1. It says, Lord, how many are my foes? Now, realize that when it says foes, it's not just people. It's Everything, anything that can be an enemy, anything that can, what's an enemy? Anything that causes you from doing what God wants you to do. There's a, there's a verse in the New Testament that says that we should bind every spirit that raised itself against the knowledge of God. Every spirit. And so it's not just a person or a people when it says foes. My enemies are anything, attitudes, drugs, perversion, uh, jealousy, anger, anything that is causing me to not be what God wants me to be. How many rise up against me? Many are saying of me, God will not deliver him. God will not deliver him. I mean, no, we need to believe that God can deliver anybody of anything. What are we doing tonight in this place if we don't believe that? Why are we here if we don't believe that everybody in here can change and everybody outside of the walls can change? Now, we can't change them. We have to believe they can change. God will not deliver him, they say. But, you, you know, when you started to come here, thank God, now that you've been coming for a while, you're starting to show some fruit in your life. You're starting to show some change in your life. People around you are starting to realize they're not, they're not this isn't just a phase. And once they start seeing that, then, then they maybe begin to say, well, maybe there's something to this. But before that, they're saying, eh, they ain't going to make it. They're, they're, this is just jailhouse religion. This is just, they were desperate and they're just trying this out. Every day that goes by and every month that goes by and every year that goes by, that phase gets longer and longer, doesn't it? I've told you about my best friend in high school who, who, who thought I was in a phase. When I left basketball and went in the ministry, he says, you're in a phase. You're crazy. You'll come out of this. Well, I'm in a 26-year phase that I don't plan on coming out of. Can you say amen? I'm going to make that all the way till Jesus comes back. I said, this phase is long. 
They didn't think I was going to make it. They thought I'd come back. So people around are saying these things. But watch this. But you, Lord, are a shield around me, my glory, the one who lifts my head high. I want to say this real quick, and i got to get through this because I want to close with the fifth one and read the rest of this. But this, this is important. You, Lord, are the one who lifts my head high. Who's your source? Is it man? Is it somebody else? Listen, there, there's greatness in, 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 in looking for that support group. There's nothing wrong with that. That's why we have small groups, and that's why we have fellowship, and that's why we have church services. That, there's nothing wrong with that. But if you're going to make it, you've got to have the attitude, God is the one who lifts my head high. Amen? He's the one who will bring you out of depression. When you, if you're looking for joy in other people, you're not going to make it. You have to have the attitude that if my spouse stops serving God, if my friends start ser- stop serving God, if my family stops serving God, if the whole church stops serving God, I am going to understand that God is the one who lifts my head high. Amen. How many know if we'd all have that attitude tonight, nobody would fall? God, you're the one who lifts my head high. You're the one who lifts me up. I call out to the Lord, it says, and he answers me from his holy mountain. And remember, he's not busy. There's no lack of funding in heaven tonight for him not to work. He says, I lie down and sleep, but God doesn't sleep, amen. I wake again because the Lord sustains me. When you wake up tomorrow morning, the first breath you take, say, Lord, thank you that you gave me another day. You realize what a gift it is to wake up every morning? It's a gift. I mean, our heart can stop at any time. He says, I will not fear, though tens of thousands assail me on every side. Arise, Lord. Deliver me, God. Strike all my enemies on the jaw. Break the teeth of the wicked. From the Lord comes deliverance, and may your blessing Watch this. I want you to make this your prayer. This, may your blessing be on your people. I mean, know that God blesses his people. Amen. He blesses his people. People who fear him, people who love him, people who, who adore, he blesses them. He wants to bless us. He is, a, as Chris Tomlin wrote, he's a good, good father. Although the only thing I would change is he's a great, great father. I just think that great is better than good. Right? And if it would have fit, I know great probably didn't fit as good. He's a good, good father. He's an awesome, awesome father. Wouldn't have fit so good. So that's why I had to stick good in there. But he's an awesome God. Number five, close with this. A prayer of praise. Now, there's no order to these. This isn't an order of importance. But I told you Sunday morning that if you can get praise and thanksgiving right, Everything else will work out. Amen. You'll get praise and thanksgiving right. Everything else will work out. This is a prayer of Hannah. 1 Samuel chapter 2. We're going to close with this. Verse 1 to 10. 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 1 to 10. Now, this is a prayer of Hannah that we use a lot as a model prayer for when babies get dedicated. This is the verse I've used for years. We're going to have some baby dedications coming up soon. We've got new babies being born. And when we, when we present a baby to the Lord biblically, we're doing it out of that prayer of Hannah. Because we understand, just a quick teaching, we understand this tonight that we don't baptize babies. 
It's not scriptural to baptize a baby because, ba- because baptism is a symbol of repentance and babies don't know they're sinners. So, so baptism comes at an age of accountability when someone realizes, I know I'm a sinner, I know I need a Savior, and I know what this means, and this, and this, this is an example or a symbol of my repentance. And so we don't baptize children, but we, we present children to the Lord. We dedicate children to the Lord. We say, Lord, this child is yours. And it's a very powerful, very spiritual, very important thing to do. And so many times when you see me dedicate a baby, I, 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 I quote Hannah, and I read these first couple verses. But, but I want to read this whole prayer to close. It says, and Hannah prayed and said, oh, by the way, the reason she's praying is because she, was, she wanted a child really bad, and she couldn't have one. And she prayed, and God answered her prayer. And so it says here in verse 1, and my heart, watch this, rejoices in the Lord. My horn is exalted in the Lord. I like this part. I smile at my enemies because I rejoice in your salvation. So no one, she says, is holy like the Lord. There's none beside you, nor is there any rock like our God. You see, what she's doing is she's praising. When you're praising and worshiping, how many fall short on your words? Right? I can only say awesome so many times. I can say you're so amazing so many times. But you know what? God still loves it. Amen? Try to figure out a new word. You can tell them. Whatever means a lot to you, you just say that. Amen? Lord, I worship you. Lord, I adore you. Lord, I thank you. Thank, thank, throw that thankful in there all the time. She says, no one's holy like their Lord. There's none beside you. No one is like my, the rock, my God. Now watch this. Talk no more so very proudly. Let no, let no arrogance come from your mouth. You know, as I'm reading this, I'm going to read a few more verses to close. You're going to see a silver lining in all these prayers. You're going to see those five attitudes that I talked about on Sunday morning. You're going to see them in every prayer in the Bible. You're going to see these, 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 these rejoicing and these praising and these thanking the Lord, and then you're going to see as soon as you do that, you, it, it's, it's almost like when you talk to somebody, you know you got to butter them up a little bit, right? If you're going to tell them something or maybe correct them or, or tell them something bad, bad news or something, you butter them up a little bit. That's what you're doing with God. God, I love you, and I, I praise you. And by the way, I'm a loser, and I'm a sinner, and I need some forgiveness. Right? You're, you're buttering them up a little bit. God, you're so good. Remember, you're so merciful. You're so awesome. By the way, and he knows. He knows. But that's, don't kids do that? Hell, Daddy. I mean, every time, I, finally, I was so blessed to find out that my daughter's did actually sometimes hug me and tell me they love me because they did. Right? It's the, it's the best thing about being a parent when, you, when you're like, okay, what do you want? And they, no, no, I just wanted to hug you. It's awesome, right? It's a great, but how many know a lot of times, can I have some money? Or this happened or, Right? So there's going to be some time when you come with this confession or, or you repent of a sin, but how many know it's so good a lot of times to do all that praising and worshiping and not even asking for anything? God, you're just good. And you know what? I don't have any money in the bank, and I got some bills to pay. I just love you anyways. I, I thank you that I have bills to pay. It's just an attitude that's so powerful.
And so she begins to pray in this prayer after praise. She says, no, let no arrogance come from your mouth, for the Lord is the God of knowledge. And by him actions are weighed. The bows of the mighty men are broken, and those who stumbled are girded with strength. Read on with me. Those who were full have hired themselves out for bread, and the hungry have ceased to hunger. Even the barren has borne seven, and she who has many children has become feeble. The Lord kills and makes alive. He brings down to the grave and brings up. The Lord makes poor and makes rich. You know, she's praying from her heart here because she's been through some stuff. She's praying. This is a prayer that pleases God when we pray from our hearts. Don't ever feel like you can't tell God how you feel. Be honest with God. Be real with God. The Lord makes poor and makes rich. He brings low and lifts up. He raises the poor from the dust and lifts the beggar from the ash heap to set among them princes and make them inherit the throne of glory. For the pillars of the earth are the Lord's, and he has set the world upon them. Right before I read these last two verses, are you noticing something here about prayers? These model prayers, they start with praise and they end with praise. How do I pray? I can't tell you what to say in between, but start your prayers with praise and end your prayers with praise. Why? Because he's worthy. Whether he answers your prayer or not, he's worthy. Whether you see him move or not, he's worthy. Whether he lifts his hand or not, he's worthy. He is worthy to be praised. And, And Jesus actually made a statement. He said, if you don't get that, Don't worry. He says, if you don't get that, the rocks will cry out. God will get his praise. The stars will praise him. The flowers and the, you know, when the winds blow and the flowers move and and, and when the the animals howl, all those, they're all praising God. The ocean, the animals making that, he gets his praise. Everybody's praising God. Make sure we don't, as a human beings, be left out of that. He's going to get praised. So start it with praise. End it with praise. He says, for he will guard the feet of his saints. That's a promise. But the wicked shall be silent in darkness. For by strength no man shall prevail. The adversaries of the Lord, those who, those who are mocking God today and cursing God and, 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 and say, I don't believe in God. And those people, they'll be broken in pieces, the Bible says. From heaven, he will thunder against them. The Lord will judge the ends of the earth. He will give strength to his king and exalt the horn of his anointed. Amen. Don't, don't, don't worry. Be bothered, but don't worry when you see the wickedness of this world on TV and in the movies and, and the way people act and the way people are and the, the sin and the sickness of this world. Be bothered, but don't worry. God's just. Amen. So there's some great prayers here. I hope hope you got something out of this. This is a good understanding of seeing these different people. It would be like me asking certain different people to come up tonight, tell me what you're learning in prayer. How do you pray? And someone would say, this is how I pray, and this is what I say. And, And then someone else would come up and say, this is what I say, and this is how I pray. And there's no right or wrong because prayer is prayer. But I can tell you this, and I'll say it again. Make sure you start off with praise and end with praise. 
God, you're worthy. God, I exalt you. God, I love you. God, you're so good. God, you're so merciful. Then pray, intercede, ask, whatever you do. But at the end, Lord, you're st- whether you answer or not, you're still worthy. You're still awesome. You're still great. And I praise you regardless of you. If you, if you answer me, Lord, it's just a bonus because I'm going to love you anyways. I'm going to love you anyways. Don't love God tonight for what he gives you. Love God tonight for who he is. Father, thank you for your word on this Wednesday night. Thank you for your power. Thank you for your love. Thank you for these examples of prayer tonight that we can look at and see. God, I pray that at least one of these prayers resonated with the hearts of your people tonight, God. Oh, Lord, we know that many times we don't even know what to pray, but so thankful are we tonight, God, that we have the power of the Holy Spirit that intercedes for us that we can pray in another tongue, that we can pray in the power of the Holy Spirit when we don't know what to pray, when, and that, that, that Spirit intercedes for us, God. Lord, tonight all over this place, as our heads are bowed and eyes are closed, and we're praying on this Wednesday night. Lord, as we're in the middle of this fast, or the first week of this fast, and we're, we're, we're consecrating ourselves to you, and we're setting things aside, and we're saying, Lord, we're, we're declaring some powerful things for this year. We're believing that, God, you're bigger than every situation we're facing tonight. We, be, we believe that your word is true. As we're in this place tonight, God, we want to make sure that your name is glorified. We want to make sure that you are praised and adored tonight all over this place, church. Let's just stand. We're going to end this service in praise and thanksgiving. Amen. If you notice, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a theme and a way we do the service as well that's very similar to what I just talked about. We start off the service with music and we end with the music. We start off with praise and we end with praise. If you know that when we you know when we clap our hands at that moment after that worship song, we're not, we're not just doing it just to oh that sounds good let's clap. That's our moment to just without any certain words, without any certain thing on the wall, praising and worshiping, lifting His name up, and then at the end when I say let's give the Lord a praise, don't get bored of that because we're starting and we're ending with praise, and whatever happens in the middle, that's up to God. Is, are y'all getting this tonight? Start it with praise and end it with praise. Everything in the middle will work itself out and you'll go home happy because you started with praise and you ended with praise because he is worthy regardless. Amen. If you're here tonight and you don't know Jesus, say, Jesus, I need you to be Lord of my life. I want to believe in you. I want to put my trust in you. I want to say that you're the, you're the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and I know I need a Savior tonight. Call on his name. Amen. How many would be honest with God and say, I need that? Just stick your hand up real quick. I need Jesus tonight. I'm not saved. All over. Amen. God knows your heart tonight. Amen. We're going to sing whatever destiny's got on our heart tonight. We're just going to end this service in praise, end this service in worship. Amen. It's a Wednesday night. Pray at your seat. Pray at the altar. But let's take a few minutes and let's end tonight. This is the only January 9th we have of 2019. Amen. Let's make the best of it tonight.